opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress, the gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to the 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Top of Heart is all about simply building real, genuine human connections with our clients. It's about bringing the human being back into the business equation. And that can be in real estate or in any business. I like to say, you know, top of mind is great. It's good for people to know, like, and trust us. Top of heart is the next level. So going from top of heart to top of mind means building the mindset, the skill set, and the heart set to really create those relationships and that foundation of excellence in our business so that when people hear about someone wanting to buy or sell, they don't just wait to be asked if they know anyone. They say, oh my gosh, you have to call Grant. If you don't use him, I'm not talking to you anymore. (laughs) That's the difference between top of mind and top of heart. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate, Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. We may have just gotten back from Gathering of Eagles, but we're not done with events for 2023 yet. This October, we're headed right back to Austin, Texas for Housing Wire Annual, and we want to see you there. We've got a power-packed agenda with content such as our Women of Influence speakers, peak performer playbooks, CEO playbooks, and more to propel your company forward, as well as a bunch of networking events. Because this event is open to real estate executives, mortgage title, and everyone in between, you really have the opportunity to network with people from all across the housing ecosystem. If you want to learn more about the event, or if you're already ready to get registered, head over to housingwire.com on the events tab and you can learn all about it. Not to mention, if you're an HW Plus member, you're going to get 50% off your ticket. So get registered for HW Plus and get registered for the event so we can see you out in Austin. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I am the Senior Director of Data and Content for Housing Wire and Real Trends for HW Media. And today I'd like to welcome Grant Muller, founder of the Grant Muller team at Compass. Uh, so Grant's team was ranked number 66 by transaction sides and number 84 by sales volume in Colorado in the Real Trends Tom Ferry, America's Best Real Estate Professionals. So congratulations and welcome, Grant. Thank you, Tracy. It's always fun to be on the list with some incredible names in Colorado real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we first start by just sharing with the audience a little bit about your team, um, how long you've been in business and how your team has evolved over the years. I started in real estate in 2009 uh, at the front desk of a real estate office and got my license that year and um, worked as an individual contributor for a few years. Uh, The most recent evolution of my team, uh, I have a business partner, Brooke Cartwright, and Brooke works with the majority of our buyers while I focus mostly on listings. Then we have a marketing director and an operations director. 
So lean and mean, I like to say. Great. Um, and I know you really focus on being kind of the hyper local expert. So tell me a little bit about um, your your focus in uh, of your team this year. Actually, geographically, we're fairly wide. Okay. So we work for Collins to Castle Rock. And the reason for that is about 98% of our business is repeat and referral business. So People know people all over, and uh, we end up getting referrals all over. Uh, sometimes we'll refer out if it goes too far north or south, but we're comfortable there, and we're also super comfortable in Boulder. Okay, great. Um, and I know this market has really frustrated a lot of real estate professionals, um, and listings are hard to come by. Inventory, I think I saw it was back down again. Um, so tell me some of the things that you're really doing to drive success in today's market. We haven't changed a lot of our strategy because we're, and in fact, I think our strategy is even more successful right now than ever. And that strategy is one-on-one -on -one human relationships with our clients, with everybody in our community, in our sphere of influence. So we're spending more time doubling down on face-to-face -face time and making sure that we're really adding value for people. We uh, we do some marketing as well, but again, most of our business comes from repeat and referral. Sometimes we'll get a phone call from somebody in the neighborhood or in a building that says, wow, we love what you did and we'd love you to help us. But it's really that referral business. And I'm hearing from people, I've been speaking to agents across the country over the last couple of months, and I'm hearing more and more and more how networking and referrals are paying off in this market now way more than ever. I think that the consumer is being absolutely deluged with marketing messages and messages about the market and the economy. And they're just happy to hear some insights from someone they trust. So give me more specifics about that. What are, um, for, for real estate professionals who are really struggling with building those one-on-ones, not really sure what to do, Give me some very specific ways that they can, um, you know, reach out what they should be talking about, how they should do it. Are there different, you know, events they should be holding? Tell me some of the things that you're doing. One of the biggest things I teach is that we need to look at where we're comfortable. So, for instance, for me, I'm not comfortable walking into a big networking meeting and making a bunch of friends. Some of my realtor colleagues are really great at that. That's not my strength. So I tend to prefer to um, introduce or invite people out to lunch. But I think the key is to find where we're comfortable, also find the activities that we're already happy with. I love to ride horses, for instance. I, I, I toured a $4 million listing this morning that's coming up for me from someone I know from that world. So building those relationships where you're comfortable being anyway. For me, it's lunches. Some people love coffees. Some people love top golf or wine clubs. So I think we need to find where we're already strong and we're already happy and at our best and invite people there because people don't want, um, they don't want to get together for marketing messages from you. They want invitations. And so when we can, we can kind of set up that time together as an invitation, it feels more friendly and fun. And it's a lot less light, a lot more lighthearted. And a lot of times we don't even talk about real estate in those meetings. But a lot of times, because we're realtors, people ask, how's the market? And then we're ready with a skill set and an expertise about what's actually happening. And, and where do you get that information? How do you answer that question? How's the market? So the first thing I always ask or answer is, it really depends, right? It, it, 
it's a common answer. I know we're all taught to kind of say that, but it's so true. And so then I'll, I'll share a story and I'll say, for instance, I have a listing in Sterling Ranch that was on the market for 10 days before we even had a showing. And I thought, wow, what are we doing wrong? And I called the other agents in the neighborhood, and it turns out it was just a really weird two-week period in that one neighborhood. And on the other hand, up in Fort Collins, we had a listing that went with multiple offers above asking price. Not crazy like it would have a couple of years ago, but it was still a super hot market. So it really depends on the price point, the location, and uh, you know who the ideal buyers and sellers are for that property. Great. And I know that you have your book, Top of Heart. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, what does that mean and, and how do you apply that to real estate for success? Top of Heart is all about simply building real, genuine human connections with our clients. It's about bringing the human being back into the business equation. And that can be in real estate or in any business. I like to say, you know, top of mind is great. It's good for people to know, like, and trust us. Top of heart is the next level. So going from top of heart to top of mind means building the mindset, the skill set, and the heart set to really create those relationships and that foundation of excellence in our business so that when people, when people hear about someone wanting to buy or sell, they don't just wait to be asked if they know anyone. They say, oh my gosh, you have to call Grant. If you don't use them, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> That's the difference between top of mind and top of heart. Yeah, and it and it definitely helps um, as far as authenticity, building those relationships to be building them on the back of of things that you already love or you're passionate about. Like you said, you love riding horses. A lot of people play tennis or pickleball or um, all different types of um, events. Maybe it's mom's club. Maybe it's school. Um, and it does make a lot of sense to really build those authentically, but I also think it's hard to, um, then transition that to business sometimes because, you know, like, for example, I know probably five women who play tennis who are in real estate. Um, you know, I'm closest to one, so I would probably pick her, but how do you transition that conversation when you, you know, when you are asked that, or even if maybe you're not asked that, maybe they don't really know what you do. It's a really great question. So I'll give a couple of examples that are very different. One example, I'm on a couple of nonprofit boards. And on one of those boards, it, it's a big board. It tends to be movers and shakers. And when you go to lunch with them, they're prepared for more of a networking professional conversation. And it's very easy to have a mutual conversation and say, I'd love to keep you updated about real estate. Do you mind if I include you in those updates? And, and they, then you reciprocate. It's very easy, very simple. Another example, though, would be with the horses as an example. I don't want to go and do this thing I absolutely love and be at the competitions prospecting people for real estate business. So in those situations, I just allow the relationships to develop naturally and then as they develop naturally, they see me on social media and I use social media to help show my expertise and my excellence. And some might call it bragging, but I'm happy to post my real trends uh, results there. For instance, if I get in 5280, whatever, I post that there. So they get to see, oh, Grant's good at what he does. I don't have to bring it up. And then I'll be walking along with someone horse to horse and we'll have a lovely conversation for 20 minutes. And at the very end, they just look to me and simply say, oh, by the way, 
do you mind coming over because we're thinking about selling? It's just very simple and natural. Those people don't even go on my newsletter or anything until after we've developed a professional relationship. So that way I protect the two. And I'm okay if I lose some deals because of that. You know, some people might not even realize that I'm in real estate right away. And that's okay. I'd rather have it be organic. I've had clients where we're about to write a contract and I'll realize, oh my gosh, I don't even have your email address or your phone number. The only way we talk is on Facebook Messenger. So I just allow it to be organic. And by the way, just real quick, that's sometimes confused with being friends with everyone. I'm the kind of guy, I'm pretty introverted. I have a few really close, great friends. I have a ton of acquaintances, but it's okay. We don't have to pretend a friend to make it either. We can just let the relationship be natural and, and organic, as I said. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I do think um, people want to go to that friend thing because they feel like that's what they need to do. Um, but that's not always authentic because you're right. Do you really want to be friends with everyone? Probably not. <laughs> um, but you might have things in common with them that you can share with them. And um, it might feel surfacy, but you get to know them well enough to build that relationship. Yes. And and also um, paying attention to, if I go to lunch with you, um, I take what's called a snapshot and it, it's in the book, but uh, I'll sit in the car in the parking lot and think, okay, I'm picturing Tracy right now. What's going on in Tracy's life? Oh, that's right. She just got engaged and I'll bring the enthusiasm to lunch. I'm so excited, Tracy. It's so cool to see you. But I might say, oh, Tracy just had a big loss in her life if I'm thinking about what that intention is. And I might think I'm going to come in and just be a little quiet and allow Tracy to lead the way. Maybe Tracy needs to talk about the loss and I'll create space for that. Or maybe Tracy wants to talk about everything but the loss and I'll create space for that. So it's just setting intention to show up with the human beings and meet, and meet them where they are rather than thinking, how am I going to ask Tracy if she knows anyone that needs to buy or sell a house in the next six months? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of those calls, even from people I know, you know, immediately, they actually usually have an assistant or someone calling. And I'm like, I know this person. Why don't they just call me themselves? And I immediately say no, because I'm right off the cuff. You don't ever really think unless you have a conversation with someone an hour before where they said, oh, we're thinking about moving. You never really think about someone who might want to buy or sell. Um, but if you have a real conversation with someone about, um, you know, just anything um, or, you know, and I think that's a big mistake, too, is I have gotten those calls from the assistance of the people that I know. And it's a it's a little offensive to me that you couldn't pick up the phone yourself and call me because we do know each other pretty well. And um you know, so what are your suggestions or what's your advice with that other than, you know, obviously do the phone calling yourself or however you wish to reach out? I have a really simple process that works really, really well. In a perfect world, by the way, to be transparent, I don't always, not always live in a perfect world. Everyone hears me every, every 90 days to have a conversation. And that conversation is based on how we already organically communicate based on how they like to communicate with. So I don't force you to take a phone call from me. If that's not what you like, if we text, then I'll text you. If we Facebook message, I'll message you. If we talk on the phone, I'll call you. And it's all based on what you prefer, not what I prefer. So I'll reach out to you once a quarter. If I see your name 
And I think, oh, I don't really want to call Tracy today. I'm not sure I really enjoy Tracy. If I feel that way two quarters in a row, I quietly remove you from my sphere of influence. Even if you live in a $10 million house, it doesn't matter. If you show up to an event and I think, oh boy, there's Tracy again. I take you off my list. So I've built this world where I genuinely am excited to see everyone. So they hear from me once once a quarter. During that time, if it's, I look at your name before I call you or reach out to you. And I think, you know, I really want to have lunch with Tracy. And then I'll just simply invite you to lunch. That'll be our contact. Sometimes it'll be, um, I just thought of you. And the most powerful thing is, I was just thinking of you. Period. How are you? Uh, so it just depends on what it is. And then uh, my birthday program. So you'll get a handwritten birthday card from me, not a pre-printed thing, a thing where I actually stamp it and handwrite it. I have a whole process for it. That's my number one marketing tool I use. And it's just a birthday card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so simple, but it's t- it takes time. Um, you know, to do that. So how do you structure your day so that you have time and you make time to do, um, you know, a lot of this type of prospecting that you really need to do? In my opinion, my number one job is to be with people. So what that does is I build out the calendar so that that's the first block of time that happens on any given week. And that means things like doing inspection resolutions, they have to fit in between in the little cracks that I have left instead of the other way around. And, and, and that, when I set that priority that way, my business tripled as soon as I started, because before that I was just busy work in CTME instead of being with people. I don't get paid to be in CTME. So, um, and we do have a great system for the birthday cards. We write them all on the 15th of the month for the next month. Um, and then my operations director handwrites the cards and stamps them. But it's always handwritten by me. The first time she saw me do it, she said, you really write every, yeah, I sure do. We sit there and write out a bunch of cards. But it always makes me feel good at the end afterwards. And people love the cards. I can't tell you how many times when I call them then on the birthday or reach out to them and say, happy birthday, they'll say, oh, I just got your birthday card. And then almost... It's just like magic. They'll say, oh, and by the way, do you know anyone who can help me sell my you know, $3 million house in Breckenridge? So it's just, it's, it's incredible, but it's heartfelt. I mean it when I do it. So, Yeah. And um, there, I do know an agent who, in fact, she just sent me uh, a birthday. It was an email and it was, you know, happy birthday. And it was very personal. But on the end, she said, you know, I have a little gift for you. So email me back and let me know what's a good email address to, to send it to or, you know, what or should I send it to you? You know, and it was like a, a Starbucks gift card that she sent. Um, but it wasn't like she didn't send it off the bat. Like she wanted a connection somehow. Um, sometimes she she has done it before where she's called. She's done it before where she's texted. It's not always email. It just depends. But um you know, I thought that was a great idea to, to facilitate communication with that person. If you're going to email, then at least they, they respond back to you to get their, their gift, you know, and it didn't come across as, um, you know, like one of those marketing ploys that is like, oh, well, if you fill this form out, you know, um, it didn't come across as that. So, so I thought it was done really well. Yeah. And we know, we genuinely know when it comes across that way, we all get the LinkedIn things. Um, from people that are trying to recruit us or sell to us, we know very quickly. We have we have fine tuned abilities, and some of those top of mind tactics. When I first learned 
um, to do the forward calls, family, occupation, how's, how's your, um, your life and what goals you have this summer. Um, that was kind of okay because I appreciated that there was some context around how to have a good conversation and that's great. But then to be, be told at the very end, oh, and by the way, who do you know? And that what that just tells you is the person was calling just to wind up to that. And, you know, as you say, it feels a little insulting. So I think we know. And the good news is I know agents who do very different types of marketing tactics or they stay in touch with their people very differently and almost and, and maybe a bit more business-like, if you will. And it's, it works really well for them because it's genuine to who they are. So uh, a big part of the mindset in Top of Heart is about getting real. So showing up as we really are. And once we do that, people really step into that. And when we're doing it in at tennis, for instance, then we're our best selves when we're doing what we love. So we're people that, that other people want to be around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so would you, I, you know, I had a question about your superpower here, but I believe we've been talking about it this whole time, um, which is building relationships and authentic relationships with people. So I want to transition a little bit into some of the trends that you're seeing in the industry right now. Um, you know, obviously artificial intelligence is all over the, you know, all over the news nowadays. Um, but what other things are you seeing that, um, you either want to incorporate into your real estate practice or you are kind of avoiding them maybe? So a couple of, I have to speak to AI really quickly and I, and I have a little bit of it in the book, you know, AI is slowly replacing a lot of the pieces of the sales process. And that's why Top of Heart is more pertinent now than ever, because I believe the last piece we have are those genuine human relationships. Maybe one day, somehow, AI will replace that as well. But I think we've got a little bit. And so I think we need to dig into that as much as possible. The second piece around that is I I love uh, the data that my brokerage has, and I love the data that AI makes available, but it's the actionable insights that we can add as realtors that make them really valuable for people. So um, you, you can Google just about anything or go into chat GPT and ask just about anything. And um, I think it's, it's really confusing if you don't have some real life knowledge around what it is. Um, you know, WebMD is a great example, right? It's a Saturday afternoon and you've got a little funny thing going on and you look it up and it could be anything from silly to deadly. Uh, that's, a, that's an example. I love chat GPT for brainstorming. And I love chat GPT as a junior thought partner, if you will. So I think that there are places where um, the world can get really cool. Um, I think that search is still getting better and better. Not search from the perspective of find the right property, but search as a from the perspective of collaborating with our clients in that process. So I think allowing the search to be robust so that it's shared between us and we can have a good conversation beyond, no offense, but beyond what the MLS can provide, you know, some really robust conversations so we can understand our clients very quickly and what they're looking for. That would be another one. Video um, and YouTube ads and anything, anything around video is just building steam. And we've all been hearing it for 10 years now, but it's getting more and more and more critical, especially short form video. So if, if you're not doing that, um, absolutely. I think that that's a really critical place to, 
to think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, just like Instagram reels and even TikTok are, are huge right now. Um, and I know a lot of realtors who are doing it really, really well. Um, and, but, but YouTube as well. I mean, gosh, you know, we're, I, we've got it on our TV now, so you could just flip through, you know, things on the TV. And YouTube is a search engine because it's owned by Google. So it's just absolutely critical. And I've got a long way to go there, but those are, those are places that I'm really thinking about right now. Um, I want to get a little personal about, um, because I feel like every leader has aha moments. You started at a time in real estate, obviously, that was a little um, uncertain, <laughs> maybe is an undercharacterization of that. Um, but you know, every leader tends to have aha moments, multiple of them. But what is the one aha moment that really stands out to you where you realized, okay, this is how I need to move my business forward? When I started uh, at the front desk and then getting my license, uh, I learned how to run Craigslist ads for foreclosure properties to bring in buyer leads. And I I'd learned very carefully scripted um things to say to convert those leads once in a while when you could actually get someone on the phone uh, to buyers. And so it was kind of a hard struggle. It was a hustle, but I, I started to build some momentum. And then one day someone called me and said, Hey, I was referred to you by so-and-so and I'd love for you to help me find a house. And I started taking them through the sales script and they interrupted me and said, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I want to work with you. You don't have to sell me anything. Uh, so-and-so says you're great. You must be great. When can we go look at properties? And a light bulb just went off. And I realized, wow, there's something really to this relationship thing. So then I thought, well, if there's something to this relationship thing, and I want to build a big business, how do I build lots of relationships? How do I be in front of as many people as possible? And then I started doing breakfast, lunch, dinner, networking events, social events, all the stuff. And my business actually went back down because I wasn't being who I was. So I've kind of gone through that process of figuring out how do I do things online, which I think is great, and how do I do things as a human being and in person, but now finding ways to do both of those that are genuine. So what my business looks like would be very different than what your business looks like. And thank goodness, I'm coaching an agent in my neighborhood who originally thought, well, why would I want to work with you and, and, and you know, you're going to win all the listings. No, they, every, they want different things. And in fact, he ends up getting most of the listings because the group that lives in our neighborhood is closer to his age, closer to his interests. So uh, it's cool because we all have room in this business to be ourselves. And it's funny because agents are always being taught about finding marketing differentiators. We need to be differentiated. We need to be differentiated. But then we take the differences that we have and try to kind of smooth out the edges and try to fit in with everyone else. But we take away what makes us special. So those were all my big ahas uh, along the way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that goes a little deeper um, because not everybody really knows who they are yet. I mean, it doesn't matter what age. Um, why do you think there are so many mindset and, uh, you know, <laughs> podcasts and things, which I love to listen to as well. And everybody goes through a different iteration of themselves um, as well as they get older and that. So, you know, what are it? And you, it sounded like you really did. It was like a lot of um, 
you know, trial and, um, you know, going through different, different things before you really figured out, well, wait a second, this is the one that feels right. Well, just very briefly, um, I had a lot of really success in my life. I burned it all down because I was miserable because I was pretending to be someone I wasn't. And uh, by the time I got into real estate, I had been homeless, living on the streets. And to get clean and, and, and resolve my addictions, I had to learn to be real for the first time in my life. And so I had to learn to show up to survive. So luckily, it was brought to me through the gift of desperation, if you will. And so I really understand the value of being real. So there's getting real, which is absolutely, as you say, right. And authenticity is such an overused word, but so important. And then the next step is, okay, this is real. And then also we have to be okay with what that is or, or make the changes we need to make. So there are two parts there. And I actually have exercises in the book around getting real, figuring out what are our values? What are our beliefs? How do we want to show up in the world? Um, so it's, it is, as you say, easier said than done. For me, it's taken recovery, therapy, life coaching, all kinds of reading. So um, I love that you're on that journey too. I think it's really cool that personal development is business development because we are the product we offer the consumer. So when we improve, our business improves. So how cool is it that we have a business where we get paid to improve ourselves. It makes for a better life and a better legacy as well. Yeah. Well, congratulations on overcoming your addictions. It sounds like you um, really struggled for a while there and um, came out of it on top. So congratulations. Thank you. I've had a lot of help along the way and um, all I have is today. So I don't take anything for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that kind of leads into my next question, which is, um, where do you find inspiration and motivation? Do you have people you follow, podcasts you listen to? Um, do you find it within yourself? You know, where are you finding your inspiration and motivation? So I'm at Compass, and at Compass, we have a group called the 6 AMers. So I'd love to call out that group. And, and we meet uh, a couple times a week in the morning. So that's a, a wonderful group. We bring in authors as guests, uh, et cetera. Uh, Brendan Burchard is a coach of mine uh, who I follow and um, and um, am certified um, in his programs. Um, and then Bob Borberg, who wrote The Go-Giver, is a friend and mentor of mine um, who I've become really close with as well. So there are a lot of people in my life. At any given time, I have four or five coaches um, in different pieces of my life because I really believe that motivation and inspiration is nice. But we need some framework around how do we move forward to where from where we are to where we want to go. And so I like to have that mix of, of people from all outside of real estate and inside real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been very into the um, manifesting from both the neuroscience um, part of it to the kind of woo part of it. Um, and it's it's really fascinating to just the science behind how you can change your brain. Um, and, you know, obviously good coaching helps you do that and figure out where you want to go and, and how to get to that place. Um, so it's very important. And I think a lot of brokers are realizing the importance of it in offering their agents um, coaching as well. It's something they're asking for, too. So, yes, absolutely. And uh, I think we need to have the manifesting and we need to have the action habits. We need to have when b those both come together, we're unstoppable. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so finally, my last question is really, you know, what advice do you have for real estate agents who are, you know, really suffering adversity right now or, you know, are struggling to go on? Um, what advice do you have for them to build back their businesses? Find a mentor. And for some people, that might mean hiring a coach. For some people, that might mean joining a team. And for some people, that simply might mean plugging into the sales meetings or into your sales manager's coaching abilities. But find a, so find something to plug into. We can't do any of this alone. None of us can. So find find some connections. Don't try to struggle alone. There are answers out there. And then the other thing I'll say is, whatever you're doing, if it's not working, just do do 10 times more. People really underestimate how much is required to get that rocket ship off the launch pad. But think of that rocket and all that, you know, when it first lifts off, it's amazing how much thrust is there and the rocket doesn't go anywhere for a minute. A lot of agents quit the business right at that moment. And we've got to allow that all to build up until it's just inevitable that our rocket will rise and then we'll reach through the atmosphere. And then it's just easy. Then the thing just coasts along and we just need to add a little bit of reasonable effort. But in the beginning, it takes an unreasonable amount of effort to make a fairly disappointing result, but that'll turn as you go. Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, I think of a lot of agents who maybe came into this business um, when real estate was, they were fighting over multiple offers for properties are, um, you know, feeling a little frustrated right now and realizing that um, they have to rebuild their their business. And, and that's great advice for them to understand that what was in the past is in the past. And, um, n- you know, the focus should be on the future and, and really continuing to build. So... So thank you. Um, Grant, thanks so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. It has been a pleasure having you on. I've loved the conversation. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.